Well, good morning. I just want to welcome you to Community Alliance Church this morning. I'm excited to have the opportunity to come and share with you this morning, and I'm really excited that you are here this morning, because just as that video just shared with us, if you are here, then there is something that I 100% believe is true for you and for your life, and that, that is that God wants to do something in you. He is not finished with you yet. He certainly has not given up on you. Whether you're here physically with us this morning on our campus or you're listening online, I believe that together we're going to see something, a simple but profound idea that if we will take it and apply it to our lives in the coming year, it could make all the difference. And that idea is this. It's simply that God wants to do something new in you. God wants to do something new, something fresh, something different in your life. Today is New Year's Eve, December 31st, and it's a day when most people in our culture spend time looking back on the year that was. And yet while we might look back, our God is a God who looks ahead and sees new things for our lives. Even if we can't yet see it, even if we aren't even thinking about it, I want you to know that when you walked in here this morning, you might have been thinking about whether the Steelers can still get home field advantage or whether what you're going to do tonight for your New Year's Eve plans or what's waiting for you at work on Tuesday. And yet while you might have been thinking of that, our God has been thinking about what he wants to do in your life in the coming year. He has a vision for your life. And more importantly than that, he wants you to know and to pursue what his vision for your life is. And so as we begin to look at this idea of God wants to do something new in you, I encourage you to join with me in prayer. Let's open up our hearts and our minds to what God might want to say to us this morning. Father in heaven, we come before you. We thank you, God, that no matter where we come from this morning or what's happened in the past year in our lives, that you're not done with us yet. You still see a path ahead. God, I pray that you will open our eyes to what you have for us and give us the courage and the passion to pursue it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, this morning we're going to be looking at the idea of God wants to do something new in you, and we're going to look at it in God's Word, the Bible, because I just want you to know this isn't my idea. I didn't come up with it. It's God's idea. And we're going to be looking at Isaiah chapter 43. Now, Isaiah is a book in the Old Testament in your Bible. So if you have your Bible, you can begin to turn there. Sometimes I have trouble finding some of those Old Testament books. So a little trick for Isaiah is if you just open up right to the middle of your Bible, you'll find this big book called Psalms. It's hard to miss. And if you find Psalms, just start going to the right. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and you'll come to Isaiah. If you don't have a Bible with you, no problem. There's some Bibles in the pews around you, or just pull out your mobile device, or do what I usually do and follow along on the screen. And this morning, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 43, and we're going to look at verses 14 through 19. But to really start to hone in on the idea of God wants to do something new in you, we need to begin in verse 18, because that's sort of the heart of the passage for us this morning. So Isaiah chapter 43 Verse 18 says this. Please follow along with me. Isaiah is writing on behalf of God, and he says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, 
I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Let's look at 18 one more time. This is so important. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Why would he write that? It's because the past can obstruct our view of the something new that God wants to do. My past and your past, it can block our view of seeing the future that God has for us. Think of it like this. When I started dating my wife, I would go up to her house to visit her quite frequently in in the summertime. And she lived in this area in the Uniontown, Pennsylvania region called Deer Lake. And it's this beautiful housing development. And what makes it so beautiful is that Everywhere in the development, there are just trees. Trees everywhere. Wherever you look, all you see is green. And so we would spend so much time outside in the summertime. Uh, when, I, when we started dating, we would be playing games or sitting on the deck having dinner with her family or just sitting somewhere out in the yard on a bench talking. The development was designed so that it created this feeling like you're in the middle of a forest. And everywhere you look, you see trees. And it kind of felt like no one else was around. Very private. But in the fall, something changes. And the first time I went up to see her in the fall after the leaves had fallen, I realized that it wasn't quite so private. Actually, there were about a half dozen houses all around her house, like right next door. And remember, the first thing I thought was, I am such a loud talker. I talk so loud. I can't believe that we were talking and our neighbor, like what did her neighbors hear all summer while we were talking to this new couple? Mushy, oh, I can't believe it. First I was embarrassed. But looking back, I realized like her neighborhood was strategically designed so that for most of the year, trees and other vegetation blocked the view of the houses that were around. Similarly, Isaiah is saying that in our lives, We have things that block our view. Not of what we do not want to see like other houses, but we have things in our lives that block our view of what God does want us to see that he wants to do in us. And he's saying the same thing to the people he's writing to. Saying that in your lives, you have something that blocks your view, and for you, it's your past. And that's why he writes in verse 18, you've got to forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past Because the past can obstruct your view of whatever it is that new that God wants to do in your life. Now, it's going to really help us this morning if we just take a few moments to talk about the specific past that Isaiah is talking about here. So we just need to do a little bit of background work to bring us up to speed so that we can really apply this passage to our lives. So here's what you need to know. One, Isaiah is a prophet. In the Old Testament, there were people who were prophets, and they had sort of one main job. That was to be a spokesman to the people of God on behalf of God. That's why when you read prophecy in the Old Testament, a lot of the time what you'll see is things like, this is what the Lord says. When prophets are writing, that's because they're bringing God's message to people. Isaiah was a prophet to the nation of Judah. Judah was the southern kingdom of Israel. Isaiah lived there. He probably grew up there. And God had a calling on his life to be a prophet there. Now, as a prophet, Isaiah communicated with people in two general ways. And the easiest way to remember him is this. One is forth-telling, F-O-R-T-H. And one is foretelling, 
F-O-R-E. Forth telling was bringing forth the truth. So as a prophet, his job was to bring forth the truth to people. And he often spoke hard things into their lives. The truth really hurt. And a lot of times, Isaiah was having to tell them some tough things. Sometimes there were messages of hope, though. But he brought forth the truth. The second thing was foretelling. Or in other words, he would communicate with the present people as well as future generations about what would take place in the future. What's most relevant to our topic today is that a few chapters before, in Isaiah chapter 39, Isaiah had done some foretelling to the people of Judah about their future. And it didn't look so good. In fact, he was saying to them, look, Judah, you guys are going to royally mess up in the future. You're going to make some horrible decisions. You're going to get involved in some terrible things. You're going to become such a sinful place that God is going to be left with no choice but to bring judgment on you. So Isaiah said that God was going to use this foreign nation called Babylon to come to Judah from the east and conquer them. He's telling the people this. He's saying, your capital city of Jerusalem is going to be overthrown. Your government is going to, be, it's going to become no more. You're going to lose all your freedom. People are going to die. There's going to be heartache. Families are going to be ripped apart because some of the people in Judah are going to be carried off into captivity in Babylon. And he's communicating this to them so that they would realize that there was this dark, painful, difficult time coming for them. But, in verse 43, he cha- or chapter 43, he changes his tune a little bit. So this is what he's predicting is going to happen. Now, in chapter 43, verse 14, follow along with me. Isaiah says, you're going to have this pain in your past with Babylon, but this is what the Lord says, verse 14. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake, I'm going to send to Babylon... And I'm going to bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians. So all of a sudden he's saying, in your future, there's going to be this reversal. You were the captives. I'm going to turn that around. There's a message of hope to you. I see a bright future for you, Judah. Things won't be bad forever. The Babylonians who captured you, they're going to become captives and fugitives themselves. And the ships, they're going to come back in the ships in which they took pride. This is a message of hope. But Isaiah has a concern. And that's why in verse 18 he writes, forget the former things, do not dwell in the past. And his concern is that their past with Babylon was going to become so painful, and things were going to get so badly, and there's going to be so much hurt, that any time God tried to speak to them about a new future, all they would be able to see is their past. And Isaiah is saying, in our lives, in the lives of the people of Judah, the pain of our past can block our view of what God wants to do in our lives. For Judah, when Isaiah brought up Babylon, they may have only been able to think of all the loss in their lives. The loss of their homeland, the loss of people that they loved, the loss of their freedom. When they thought of Babylon, maybe they only thought about, we had these dreams and we had these hopes And we have to live every day knowing that they will never happen. For those who were born during the captivity in Babylon, they had to grow up knowing that they were suffering the consequences of actions taken by other people. They weren't alive then. They didn't make those bad choices, but they were hurting because of it. 
For the generations who had made the choices that led to God judging Judah, they had to live every day with regret of wondering, what if we had done something differently? And so when guys like Isaiah came along and said, oh, I know it's bad, but God has a bright future for you, it was so difficult for them to see beyond their past. Now maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, I really don't know anything about Babylon. That was 2,500 years ago. What does this have to do with me? I'm so glad you asked. You don't have to know about Babylon to know what it's like to have pain and hurt in your life. And maybe this past year was a really hard year. Maybe you lost someone that was close to you. You lost a relationship that was dear to you. When you celebrated Christmas last week, there was an empty seat at the table. And in your life, you're trying to figure out, how am I ever going to be able to move on? Maybe you entered 2017 with bright hopes. You had plans. You had a future all laid out. And something happened during this past year, and that future just collapsed before you. Maybe, maybe you're one who has been hurt by the decision of another person. Someone else made a choice that was outside of your control, but every day you're now living with the pain that that choice caused. You might be here today, and you were the person who made that choice. Let's call it what it is. You sinned. You did what was wrong. You knew it wasn't right. You did it anyhow. And now you don't know if, you're, if your life will ever be the same again. If you feel like anytime someone says anything about God doing something new in your life, all you see is your past looking right back at you in the mirror, I want to talk to you for a couple minutes. Because this is really, really important. When Isaiah says, forget the former things, do not dwell on your past, God through Isaiah is not saying that you need to overlook your past. He's saying you've got to come to a place in your life where you are able to look over your past. And there's a difference. Let me say it again. Looking over your past is different than overlooking your past. I'll try to explain it this way. Last week, my son and my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, we all decided we we're going to go see the new Star Wars movie. And we were like so excited. We're pumped. We get to the movie theater. My son gets a ridiculous amount of M&Ms and popcorn. It was like gluttony. All, it was crazy what a, what a six-year-old can eat. And we're all set and we're excited for the movie. Now, Imagine with me that we're all set for Star Wars, and all of a sudden, someone walks in and sits right in front of me in a Chewbacca costume. If you don't, if you've not seen Star Wars, Chewbacca is this giant, hairy character, really, really, really tall. It's a Wookiee. Doesn't mean anything to you. What you need to know is that if Chewbacca is sitting in front of you at the Star Wars movie, you're not going to be able to see the movie. So, I realize I can't see the movie. What choices do I now have? Well, I could close my eyes for 20 seconds and then open them and hope that Chewbacca went away. I could do probably what I would really do and get angry. My first thought was like, what kind of grown adult wears a Chewbacca outfit? Who would actually spend their money, real money, on this? You couldn't give it to me. And what kind of an idiot would see all the seats in this theater and sit right in front of another person? Or maybe you would just feel bad for yourself. Oh, I can't believe this would happen to me. I just, oh, I'm so unlucky. This type of stuff always happens. Or maybe you would resign yourself to your fate and say, 
I guess this is how it is. At least I can still hear. I'll just imagine what's happening on the screen. (laughs) All of those responses are overlooking responses. And what you realize is there's an obvious different response that you could have. You could get up and go find a different seat. Because you may not be able to change the fact that there's a Wookiee sitting in front of you. (laughs) But you can change your seat. You can move, you, move yourself to a place with a different view. So that maybe out of the corner of your eye, it's still there, but you've gone to a different place where you can look around it or look over it. In our lives, overlooking our past is when we try to ignore the past, pretend like it didn't happen, or just hope it'll go away. And you're all smart enough to realize that just doesn't work. It only leaves you angry or wallowing in self-pity or without any hope. Looking over your past is different. It's saying, I can't change that this happened in my life. I can't move it. But I can do whatever is necessary in my life to change where I'm at in my life to move me to a place where when I look out at the future, I no longer see the past just staring back in my face. If you're dealing with some pain in your past this morning, you'll never be able to see there's something new that God wants to do in your life if you don't do what's necessary to move yourself in your life to where you can look over that past. Now, Isaiah doesn't just point to the pain of the past here in chapter 43. There's another kind of a past that he's talking about, and that's the glory of the past. The glory of the past. Take a look with me at verse 15. See if this, these, this story he alludes to reminds you of anything. In verse 15, he says, I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator, your king. This is what the Lord says. Speaking about God, he says, He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Chances are, if it, whether you've uh, come to church for a number of years or if this is your first Sunday in a church, you've probably heard bits and pieces of this story before. This is a story that every Jewish boy and girl would have heard from a very, very young age. Isaiah is pointing to the story of when Moses led the Hebrew people out of slavery in Egypt. And, he, and he's alluding to this story where Moses is leading the people and this Egyptian army is chasing them because they decided that they want them back. And the people come to the Red Sea and there's absolutely nowhere to go. And their future, their their literal existence hangs in the balance, and God shows up. Remember the story, God parts the Red Sea, and the Hebrews walk through on dry ground, and the Egyptians decide, well, if it worked for them, it'll work for us, and they chase them, and God says, not so much, my friend, and he puts the water back on top of the Egyptians, and, and, and the army perishes, and the Hebrews are saved. It was one of the most epic, memorable moments in all of the history of the people that Isaiah is writing to, and it's crazy, isn't it, that in verse 18, he's saying, forget what God did for you. Forget the former things. You can't keep dwelling on it. you got to let it go. you got to move on. Quit bringing it up. Because Isaiah is getting, wants them to realize the same thing he wants us to realize. That's the glory of the past, as much as the pain of the past, can obstruct our view of what God wants to do in our lives. Did you know that in your life, 
You can focus so much on what God did before that you miss out on what he wants to do next. There's, there's an old story about a basketball coach whose team had won a championship the previous season. But in the following season, they were really struggling. And so this coach is trying to figure out how he's going to get the season turned around. So he, 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 he gets the team together in the locker room, and, and, and they just hadn't been playing well. And he decides, I'm going to try this. So he pulls the team together, and, and he passes out to everybody in the locker room a copy of the DVD of the championship with all the highlights of the previous season. Their championship DVD. He gives one to everyone. And then he stands up in front of the group. And he holds up the DVD. And he takes a walk down memory lane. He talks about some comeback victories. And buzzer beater shots. And upset wins. And defensive stands. And then he says to the team, the problem is, gentlemen, we're playing in this season, but we're still living in last season. And then he pulls a big garbage can over to the middle of the room and tells them, you have a choice. You can either keep your DVD and be satisfied with what happened in the past, or you can throw it away and take back the current season. And as he threw his own DVD in the garbage, he said, for me, it's time to throw away the DVD. In your walk with God, it might be time to throw away the DVD. Maybe you've been walking with God for so long that you've allowed what he's done in your life in the past to just kind of carry you and coast on into the present. You've become complacent. You've become satisfied and comfortable. Maybe you don't believe that he can do something in your life. Maybe you don't really think about him doing something new in your life. Maybe you don't even care if he does something new in your life. Because you've walked with him long enough that you're looking back on your past, but you're missing out that God has something new for you. Whether you've walked with him for six months or 60 years, God still has something new for you in your walk with him. Now this morning, I don't know if you're dealing with the pain of the past or whether you're dealing with the glory of the past making you complacent, but God is not done with you yet. No matter what your past looks like, what mistakes you've made, how long it has been, God has a vision for your life. Whether 2017 was an amazing year or an awful year or just another year, I want you to see that God has things he wants to do in your life in the coming year. Big things, new things. What he says to the people of Judah in Isaiah chapter 43 verse 19 is the same thing he wants to say to us today. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So in our last few minutes together, I want to give you four things that you can do in your life to try to see or to perceive the something new that God wants to do in you. The first one's really complicated. Are you ready? Ask him. Ask him. You got to ask him. You've got to realize that God wants you to see what he wants to do in your life. It's not spiritual hide-and-go-seek with God. 
I, I fall into this sometimes myself. Sometimes I think that God's got like this plan for me, but I've got to go all over the house like searching for him. It's like, like I'm doing this spiritual game where I'm like, God, you're not in the tub. You're not under the couch. You know, you're not, you're not in the closet. You know, okay, God, where could you be? Until finally I look under the bed and God's like, oh, shucks, you found me. Because shucks is the worst word God will ever use because he's God. And and it's like God's trying to hide from me. And, and, and I'm like looking at this, I'm like, God, you want this for me. On Christmas morning, you didn't hide your kids' gifts forever and say, well, if you can find it, you can have it, but good luck. You put them out there where they can get them. God wants you to ask him. Maybe you'll say, well, I've asked him before and he really hasn't said anything. Asking him isn't something that you do in an hour or even in a day. Asking him takes time. It involves getting alone with God where there's no distractions, where it's quiet. Saying, God, speak to me. What do you want to do in my life? Where you talk to him, but more importantly, you spend time listening to him. Ask him. Number two, you've got to tune into what God's already doing around you. God may already be at work around you, but you've got to tune into it. A couple weeks before Christmas, I took my family, we loaded up the car, and we went to the Shadrach Light Show out at the Butler County Fairground. I've never been there before. Maybe you've gone to see it. If you have, what you know is that when you pull in, you start to see this gigantic field just full of all kinds of lights. So you see some lights blinking on and off. Some are dancing back and forth. Some are changing colors. It's full of lights, but can I just... Tell you the truth, I hope no one from Shadrach's work that works here. So, so I pull in, I see all these lights, but like they were really random at first. They kind of disorganized. I was like, who set this up? So we go around the corner on the path, and suddenly we see this sign that says, tune your radio to 98.5. So I cheerfully turned off the penguin game and tuned my radio <laughs> to 98.5. And we heard Christmas music on the radio. Then suddenly, my four-year-old son got it before any of the rest of us did and said, the lights are dancing to the music. And he was right. All the lights in the field were coordinated to what the music was on the radio. But we weren't able to see it until we tuned into the right station. God may be already coordinating things in your life to lead you to the something new he wants to do, but you've got to tune into him to see it. I learned at Shadrach's that I can't listen to the Penguin game and still experience the full light show. In your life, you can't tune in to only your career or only your kids or only your hobbies and still see what God wants to do new in your future. So this morning I asked you, what station do you need to turn down a little bit in your life so that you can tune in to what God's already doing. He's already at work in your life, but you've got to tune in to him to see it. Number three, you've got to lean into your passion. Lean into your passion. If you're taking notes, write this down. God wires us for what he desires for us. God wires us for what he desires for us. Look at this awesome verse out of Ephesians with me. Ephesians 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
this verse is saying is that God created you and prepared you to do what he has for you to do. Let me break down what this means. I believe that before, before any of us were born, God looked out at the world and he saw the needs that he wanted to meet. The hurting people he wanted to help, the lives that he wanted to touch, the ministries that he wanted to start and to be led. And then he looked out and he saw Joe and he saw Debbie and he saw Mike and he saw TJ and he said, you know what? I'm going to call Joe to do this. I'm going to call Debbie to do that. I'm going to call Mike to do this. I'm going to call TJ to do that. And then he said, because I called Joe, I'm going to design him for that so that he'll really like to do it and that he'll be good at it and he'll find purpose in his life as he does it. And more importantly, he'll find a special connection with me when he does this thing that I've called him to do. Whatever new thing God's calling to you to in your life, he's designed you for it. So you can begin to unearth that by asking yourself some questions. What do you love to do? What do you love to do? What are you passionate about? What, what in our world breaks your heart? What's that thing that you see that you're like, somebody really should do something about that? Could it be that no one's doing anything about it because God's calling you to do something about it? Lean into your passion to begin to discover the something new that God wants to do in you. Last one, number four. Sometimes you just got to take a next step. You just got to take a next step. In verse 19, Isaiah writes that God is making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. In other words, he's saying, there's a path that God is laying out for you. He's blazing the trail, but you're not going to go down the path if you don't take a step. The problem with some of us is that when we look out, we can't see the future God has for us. We can't see any path, any way, any stream. All we see is wilderness and wasteland because we're standing behind some excuse. And until we step out from behind it, we won't see what God is calling us to. So what's your excuse? What's your excuse? Is it I'm not ready? Is it I still have questions? Is it I'm too busy? Is it I wouldn't be good enough at? Or maybe it's God's not able to. Whatever your excuse is, until you take the step out from around it, you won't see God's ability to make a way in the wilderness. So what is your next step? Maybe you've been coming here for a long time. You really like the church. You know how good the music is. You know how good at preaching Pastor Danny is. You like it, but you've never decided to give your life to the Lord. You never said, I'm going to cross that line of faith, and I'm going to make the decision that my life is Christ's. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It can't be in Isaiah 43 without sharing it with you. Look at verse 25. God says this. He says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. God's saying, if you'll give me your life, if you'll trust in my son Jesus, then I'll make you a deal. If you forget your past, I will choose to forget your past as well. I will remember your sins no more. I will blot out your transgressions and I will give you forgiveness. Maybe your next step is to accept Christ as your savior. 
If that's you today, I just want to say when this service is over, please come forward. I would love to talk to you to explain how to do that in your life. We have elders and other pastors here who would love to explain that. Take that step today. Maybe in 2017, God has, has really worked in your life and he's shown you things and you've given him your life. Then I want to tell you baptism is your next step if you've never been baptized. If you follow Jesus Christ and you've never been baptized, the Bible tells us baptism is your next step. And I have good news. Next Sunday, we're having baptism. So your step might be to walk out of here, sign up for baptism class, learn more about what it is, and next Sunday, be right here up front and publicly declare your faith in Christ. Your next step might be to get involved. You need to go talk to the people at the warming center. You need to find a way to serve here at our church. You've been sitting on the sidelines for too long. Your next step, God's calling you to meet some need here in our church or in our community. Maybe your next step is to say, okay, I have really got to deal with the past. It's not going to go away. On the back of your bulletin, there's a phone number you can call. Get in touch with one of the Christian counselors we have in our church. Make an appointment with a pastor. Have a conversation with somebody that you needed to talk to for a long time about some hard stuff. Look, here's the thing. You won't be able to see what new that God wants to do in you if you're not willing to step forward. He will provide the path. You've got to walk on it. So as we wrap up, I want to ask you a question. It's New Year's Eve. The new year is about to be upon us. In a couple minutes, you're going to walk out of those doors and enter into 2018. If you dreamt for a moment of what God might want to do in your life, something new, so that when you sit here on December 30th of 2018, I know there's 31 days in December, the 30th is Sunday, just bear with me. When you're here this time next year, what might God need to do in your life to make your life different one year from today? What new thing does he want to do in you? I don't know about you, but I don't just want to see the new thing he wants to do in my life. I want to pursue it. When he provides that path, I want to step forward and go for it. If you ask God, he will show you. My challenge to you this morning is simple. Will you see the new thing he wants to do in you, and will you pursue it? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you. God, even though we might want to give up on ourselves sometimes, God, we are so thankful that you do not give up on us. Even when we can't see it, you have a vision for our lives. And God, I pray that you will reveal your vision to each one of us and give us the courage and the power to pursue it with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. Hey, have a wonderful week. If, you, if you've never been to one of our baptism services here at Community Alliance Church, you do not want to miss next Sunday. It's one of my favorite services all year long. You get to hear firsthand stories of what God is doing in the lives of people here in our church. Have a wonderful week and Happy New Year.